uh, program. Um, uh, but, you know, since uh, this is an OA meeting, I'm going to stick to that part of my story. And, you know, when I was a little girl, I learned uh, very quickly. Uh, I, I, uh, my mother is, was Italian and Irish, and I learned very quickly that love was food and food was love. You know, and in fact, my grandmother loved me the most out of the uh, uh, out of all the grandchildren, because uh, when she said manja, oh boy, did I manja, 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 you know, but then later in life, she would say things like, you know, you have such a nice face, Veronica, you know, in other words, you know, if you'd only lose some weight, maybe you could catch a guy, you know, because honestly, I didn't have um, many guys, you know, uh, running after me, you know, cause I was overweight, you know, and I also was immature, very immature. And, um, but I, I remember going to this one restaurant every, uh, week, uh, at, um, in Har I grew up in Hartford, Connecticut, which is, um, one of the biggest, it's the capital city of uh, Connecticut. It's, it's one of the biggest cities in Connecticut. It has, uh, when I was growing up, it had about 200,000 people. And now it has about, oh, maybe 160,000. And Bridgeport and New Haven, which are along the coast, have more like 200,000, you know, so not terribly big when you compare it to LA, that's for sure. But, um, you know, I, I thought it was the big city. And, um, you know, I, um, I enjoyed going to that restaurant for a number of reasons. Uh, and the first of them is my mom had polio at two years old and raised three girls from a wheelchair. You know, she was in a very exceptional person. You know, and the, um, you know, it's very hilly in Connecticut and the restaurant was literally on a hill. So to go in the front, my father would have had to take her up 12 steps with the wheelchair. To go in the back, uh, since it was on the, the incline like this, you know, in the back, you know, where, where the bottom of my hand is, um, the back door entrance was the kitchen. And I loved every week we went through the kitchen. It was Pippi's restaurant. And every week we, you know, I would get to see all the Italian food as they were making it. And it was wonderful. And then I got to sit, you know, in the restaurant. And I'm the oldest of the three girls. And my mom always gave me privileges first. So when I got to a certain age, I was a good girl. You know, I was always a good girl. I was always tried to be obedient and faithful and, my mom gave me a special dessert and I won't name it, you know, so that we don't, we don't want to talk about food. So when I got to be a little older, maybe 11 or 12, she let me have her favorite appetizer also. And my mom also would get a whiskey sour with two cherries, one for me, one for my other sister. And, um, you know, and, um, we stopped going to the restaurant 
uh, before my baby sister was born. But um, she was born in 67. I was born in 58. And the middle child was born in 61. So um, when the baby was born, I remember my, my dad worked second shift and my mom worked third shift. Uh, you know, working from home was not a, a new thing. Uh, my parents had a answering service uh, in Hartford in their front room, in their front bedroom. And they ran it from a, um, uh, a desk that my father made. And uh, they, their big client was AAA, uh, especially, uh, you know, uh, third shift and on the weekends. And uh, they literally dispatched the guys and um, the, uh, in their trucks. And, and the guys in their trucks had to sit in the office. There was no such thing as a cell phone. <laughs> you know? um, but, um, you know, I loved it when my mom would say, oh, come over here, Veronica. You can say Roger over and out. And I, I would go over and out and forward. And the guys would just laugh, you know. They loved having uh, my my uh, mom and daddy's girls, you know, say that. And um, um, oh, that's that's some stupid message I got on my phone. Uh, uh, advertising something. Oh my goodness. Uh, you know, what did we do before cell phones? I swear. Um, you know, but um, my um. Uh, you know, my, my parents loved us. They really did. My father, unfortunately, was alcoholic and manic depressive. And I'm alcoholic and manic depressive. And uh, I wasn't diagnosed with man mania until I was 42. Uh, so I, I went through uh, quite a bit of, um, you know, quite a bit of mess, you know. And... Um, I, uh, I did go to OA uh, early on. Uh, I think I was in my 20s when I went to OA for the first time. And it was after I had gotten into AA. And I was in OA for a little bit. And um, we used to go to Ponderosa Steakhouse after the meeting. And there, there was this one lady who would, I don't know if any of you ever went to Ponderosa, but they would give you this roll. And there was this one lady who would collect everybody's rolls and take them all of it. It was a little silly, but anyway, um, they had just gotten off the gray sheet. They had stopped doing the gray sheet. And uh, when I met my husband, what happened is I, um, I had gotten down to 200 pounds, you know, um, my high weight has been 309. I'm down to, to, um, 260 right now and um um he took one look at me he was 90 days sober and he met me in the aa club uh in new britain and um uh he took one look at me and i could see lust in his eyes and i was excited by that you know because i'd never seen a guy look at me like that and it basically was because he was six foot two eyes of blue and way to you know uh, over 200 pounds, very muscular, very, very virile. And um, um, five and a half years, my junior, and I had no idea. And we went home together after, you know, he took me out. We went home together and he had to get out of the rehab um, in a couple of days because uh, his time at the rehab was over. They only kept you for the 90 days. And uh, so our solution to that was for him to move in with me. But uh, he, um, 
um, he, he, um, was very, um, very virile, very, um, you know, very, very happy with me. And, um, like, like I said, I, I, uh, I wasn't using any protection because I had been told I wouldn't be able to have a baby because I had a polycystic ovarian disease. And, um, uh, that prevents you from ov ovulating um, unless the, what, what the obstetrician said to me was that when I had gotten down to 200 pounds, I had enough estrogen in my, in my body to get me to ovulate at that weight. And that's how the egg popped. And of course, you know, we know what happens when the egg and the sperm come together, right? So I have a beautiful baby girl, 37 years old baby girl. And uh, because of that uh, union and we got married, um, uh, 1985 Memorial Day, uh, March 25th, um, you know, and uh, in Plainville, uh, Connecticut. And we um, moved in with my mom for a little while. And then we found an apartment in Newington, a nice little apartment in Newington. And uh, I uh, was uh, laid off from uh, Aetna. Uh, you know, it was during during the 80s, they had this whole big thing where they were laying people off on mass. And uh, so they gave me six months severance. So I said, well, what the heck? The baby's only a, a month or two old. I might as well stay home with her and let Bill go get a little job. I mean, uh, he couldn't get much of a job. He uh, only had a, he didn't even have a high school diploma actually, but he got a guard job uh, in Hartford um, parking uh, uh, residence cars at a condominium. And, um, and like I said, we lived in Newington and, um, it was nice. It was very nice. And, um, um, you know, I, um, uh, I overate and, and gained all the, the, gained all the baby weight back, you know, and, um, um, that went on for quite a few years and, um, you know, and then I started drinking again and, for many years, I was drinking on and off. And, you know, I did a lot of uh, damage to my daughter because of it. And um, 12 and a half years ago, I realized I was going to kill myself if I did do something and get off the alcohol, uh, you know, because um, I, um, you know, I, I was, you know, what, um, hmm, 65 this year so. 12 from 65 is what, 52, 53. At that age, I was diabetic. I realized if I didn't do something, I was going to kill myself, you know, just physically kill myself, you know, not on purpose, but, you know, I just, I was, I was dying. And um, so I stopped drinking and by the grace of God, I didn't go into delirium tremens or anything. Uh, I just, I got a sponsor, did the steps and, um, uh, about, um, June 13th of, um, two years ago, right, right, right after COVID began, um, I, uh, I started going to OA meetings and, um, I, you know, I got, um, I got some abstinence behind me and then the honeymoon period was over and it's only recently that I've been able to get abstinent again. And, um, I just, um, I'm grateful for that. You know, it's a very difficult road to hoe, uh, you know, um, for me. I, uh, I love the sugar. 
I love the white flour and I've just got to stop eating it. You know, it's, it's only, it's going to kill me and I don't want to die. You know, my, my, um, my ex-husband died. Um, oh, I didn't mention why, why I divorced him. He smacked me. He, uh, he smacked me and I wasn't having that. And, uh, I had him arrested and my daughter was very angry. And, um, uh, he was, he was, um, uh, schizophrenic. I didn't realize it. He didn't tell me. And my daughter didn't tell me that when I had him arrested, she started hearing voices of her own, very evil voices. And, um, uh, you know, she, um, so she kind of blames it on me a little bit because it didn't happen until I kicked her father out and I didn't let him back in. I wasn't going to be smacked. And uh, when my daughter turned 16, he told me uh, that uh, the problem was the reason he smacked me was to shut up the voices that were telling him to kill me. I mean, can you imagine the pain that man was in? I mean, here he is. He's got a beautiful second wife who he loves dearly. And these voices, these evil voices are saying, you know, you know, bring her neck. Because I was having a little argument with him. You know, and um, I, I can't imagine what that must have been like. You know, and um, my daughter had the same thing start to happen when I had him arrested and, and I didn't let him back into the house. You know, she started hearing those voices. And uh, at 16, you know, my husband stayed, my ex-husband stayed that night uh, for me to come home. I would let him, uh, you know, go and visit her, you know, when she got older. And, you know, I was working 10 hour days. Uh, so he would visit her and, you know, be a, be a daddy to her, you know, while I was working and, you know, earning money. And uh, I'm a bit of a, I, I love to spend my money too. So, um, you know, that's a bit of an addiction. But anyway, I, um, uh, I, you know, um, how am I doing for time? Hello? You're just about at five minutes remaining. Oh, thank you, darling. You're welcome, Veronica. Um, yeah. You know, I just basically, um, and when he told me what was going on with her, I got her to a psychiatrist. I was, you know, had to find my own psychiatrist uh, for my uh, manic depression. And I had to find a psychiatrist for my daughter uh, to stop the voices. And uh, it ended up to be the same psychiatrist I couldn't find a child psychiatrist to save my soul so I asked my you know adult psychiatrist she was 16 and he said yeah as long as I didn't ever ask him anything about her case and I said no problem doctor I want you to help her so um you know she got put on medicine and I got put on better medicine and uh you know today we're we're both um uh, uh, safe and sane and sober. And, um, she's in NA. And, um, so I, I go to Naranon sometimes and, um, you know, there's a lot of 12 step programs and it talks about this in the big book, um, on the, um, uh, uh, the page that's the first forward to the first edition, it says that, you know, uh, we may be of help to others, you know, with other problems. Um, so they even kind of had a, a foretelling 
of the fact that there would be so many different programs in the big book, you know. Um, but, you know, that first page is very important. It says, we are 100 men and women who have recovered, recovered, not who are recovering, but who have recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body to show others how to recover is the main purpose of this book. So that's the purpose of the, uh, of the Alcoholics Anonymous book, you know, and we can change the word alcohol to uh, food and alcoholic to overeater. It's very easy, uh, easy peasy. Um, and, you know, when I finally came back to OA in, um, uh, what was it? Um, 2020, I think. Or 2021. Anyway, a couple of years ago when I came back, I got a sponsor in New York City who um, dragged me through the 12 steps in like, you know, a month or two and got me sponsoring people. And um, um, I just, uh, I, I, we fell apart because uh, she wanted me to do uh, steps eight and nine uh, too quickly for my taste. And, uh, you know, but, you know, that's just, you know, we can, we can always, you know, find another sponsor if we need to. And um, so I have another sponsor. She's um, she's in Queens. And, uh, you know, here I am, little old Connecticut, but um, still. Uh, but, uh, you know, I haven't worked for over 42 years uh, uh, in, in, in a job. But I feel I have work yet to do. You know, I'm only 65 this year. Uh, November 7th. I feel like I have work to do. I'm working for God, as a, uh, uh, another alcoholic I know says. I'm working for God. Uh, I'm trying to have, um, you know, if anybody needs a sponsor, um, I'll, um, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll leave my contact information. Uh, uh, well, it's um, chat for me. I'd appreciate it. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm on the East Coast, but I stay up late. A lot of times, so you know, um, I, I am available. Um, uh, I have a, a sponsor that I'm going through the twelve steps again with. Uh, she um, she's eighty five years old, and she uh, has been one minute remaining, Veronica. One minute. Thank you, thank you. Uh, yeah, she lives in East Hartford, Connecticut, and uh, she's just a wonderful resource for me. And uh, so, you know, 